Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today, your cat is not a dog. Your cat wasn't a dog yesterday either. And it won't be a dog tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show and uh, welcome my handsome husband, Dewey Vaughn. Hello, my beautiful love. And hello to all the cat fans out there in the big cat world. And I hope your cat is not a dog. Otherwise, you may need to go see a psychiatrist. (laughs) But before we get into that, I think you have a bonding tip of the week for us. Yes, yes. Vitacraft's bonding tip of the week. And if you don't know what Vitacraft is, you can go to our website, for that matter, at catbehaviorsolutions.org and go to the store and you'll see all these amazing cat treats from Vitacraft. That's who they are, and they they bring the bonding tip of the week to you. So this week's bonding tip is, well, let, let me, it actually builds off last week. So last week's bonding tip was routine. And I talked about create a routine for your cat and make sure that your environment is predictable and not chaotic. Well, I get it. Some environments are chaotic, and you can't help that. Maybe you have three or four little kids running around or just lots of stuff going on in your home and there's no way to make it a calm, serene space for your cat. So if your house is chaotic, and even if it's not, consider playing music for your cat. Now, not hard, heavy metal or anything like that. (laughs) Punk rock. Right. No punk rock for Kitty. We we need to make sure that the music is soothing and calm for your cat. Now, there's a music producer who's named Joshua Leeds, and he and a pianist, Lisa Spector, created a music series called Through a Cat's Ear. And the music has actually been scientifically modulated to reduce the stress-causing you know, notes and and sounds in music. And they say it's designed to reduce stress in a chaotic or unsettling environment. So if you have a chaotic environment, then think about playing some music. Look up through a cat's ear, Joshua Leeds, and you'll see them. You can download those um, those tracks, actually, or you can just play piano classic music usually that's nice and soft and soothing for your cat so play some music for your cat this week and help them nap a little better (laughs) (laughs) you know what comes to my mind is when the cats are listening to music they tend to learn how to play an instrument and you know we've gone to cat shows where the cats play the drums and they play (laughs) the little flutes and all that so when you're gone and your cat's listening to music, he's probably in the background doing some rocking and rolling <laughs> just before napping. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm looking at the title of the episode, Your Cat is Not a Dog. And I'm going, what? 
What does that mean? I mean, really, isn't that a bit obvious? <laughs> well, you know, my friend Jackson Galaxy always says, you stop stop looking at your cat through dog colored glasses and and i think that's that's pretty on point there because you know you'd think these things would be obvious but many people treat their cats like dogs and you know and and unintentionally it's not like you go i'm i'm going to treat my cat like a dog and he'll act more like a dog i think we're just so used to thinking about dogs that we unintentionally put that on our cats. So wait a minute, how can that be? I mean, you're always saying we should take our cats on a walk. We should be training them to do tricks and not many people do so in which, in what ways are people treating cats like dogs? I guess is really what I'm trying to get to. Well, let's first start with why they're treating cats like dogs. And 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 even manufacturers it's not just cat owners it's also manufacturers out there trying to make products that you know cats like and i think a lot of that has to do with there's so much less information available about cats it's it's getting better but you know all of the scientific research is done on dogs wow why is that well, because it's commerce driven, you know, there's, oh. they spend, people spend about $1,480 a year on dogs and cat owners spend about half that. So if you're manufacturing products, you need to know about the demographics you serve, you know, and, and so many more trials are done on dog behaviors and they're responsive rather than cats because there's just such a smaller piece of the market to capture. You know, and uh, less than half of people take their cats to the vet. So there's even that too, you know, there's, there's not only, it's not only product commerce driven, but it's also medical driven. If you're not taking your cat to the vet, then, you know, there's a lot less need for the information. So what's an example of how people think about their cat as a dog? Well, there's, there's so many, but let's start with getting another cat. People think, my cat's lonely. He needs a buddy. And they forget that the cat species has evolved without a social hierarchy. So it's not in their nature to just want another buddy, like a dog. You know, a dog is, is much more in its DNA to have a social structure and a, you know, status within multiple dogs in the household. And they usually get along long as everybody stays in their status rung. But that that social hierarchy is just not in a cat's nature. So speaking of evolved, don't you usually say cats have evolved physically very, very little over the years? And how do they come about that information? So how does that work? Well, they they have evolved, yes, very, very little physically compared to their wildcat ancestors. Very little has actually changed in their bodies. You know, there there are DNA tests that tell us much more, like um like what Basepaws is doing. What does Basepaws do? <laughs> well, that's a it's like a DNA test kit, kind of ah, like the, the 23andMe thing. Yeah, yeah, like the 23andMe thing you did, but but for cats, you know, and their Basepaws happens to be the number one cat DNA test company 
that helps cat parents learn more about their cat's breed and health, actually. So, all right, what kinds of things can you learn from doing a cat DNA test? Well, first of all, they trace your cat's breed type and origins. And that's important because breed influences not only their behavior and personality traits, but also genetic health conditions. You know, certain breeds of cats, in fact, I was doing nail trims this morning and there was a, a Siamese cat I was treating and she said, oh, her, her mouth is really bad because she has tooth reabsorption and that is a, apparently characteristic of, of the Siamese breeds. So, so they, they kind of find out things like that and it can, it can really help your cat live a longer and better life to have that information. Okay, so I know the kind of report that I got when I did the 23andMe and all that information. Do they deliver a report that, that's much like the 23andMe? Yeah, I think so. We, uh, I'm, I'm real excited because I don't know if you saw it out on the counter, but we, we got our base pause test kit in the mail last night. That's why I'm excited about it. Haven't, haven't swabbed Pico yet um, to see, but, but I understand they include a report that gives you not only the breed and health information, but it even has a dental health score, which is really important, especially when we're talking about, you know, tooth absorption and, and stuff like that and tartar and plaque buildup and a lot more stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited and I'm probably going to, if I can get him down off his perch, um, do his little cheek swab today and get that sent in so we can get it back. And um, yeah. Oh, that's super cool. <laughs> you know, you think about that, I mean, just about anything they can do DNA analysis on and and run background stuff and do genetic linking and all that. That's pretty cool. Now, back to the topic. We went down a rabbit hole there for a second. Oops, sorry. <laughs> wait, I'm wait, sure, wait. I'm before, sure our listeners will want to hear. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Before we go back on that, I want to, um, I want to, before we get off the topic of base pause, I want to say that that they, um, first of all, if you go to basepaws.com, that's B-A-S-E-P-A-W-S.com, um, you can see a sample report and stuff like that there. But they have also set our listeners up to get a $25 off their first order. All you have to do is when you go to check out, put on there in the coupon code CATTALKRADIO, and that's valid. I, I know these podcasts have a long shelf life, so... I don't know when you happen to be listening to this, but um, that'll be valid through November 25th, 2022. So that's a good long time. You've got to go uh, go check it out and run that DNA test on your own cat, which might give you some really good information about their uh, their breed and their health. Yeah, and I'm sure our listeners will want to hear more about that report as you as you've talked about. Now back to the topic. We went down a rabbit hole a little bit, so that didn't have anything to do with cats becoming dogs, I'm sure. So or other rabbits. Than, <laughs> I guess they can get a report back that says, officially, you have a cat, not a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it starts that way. You okay. have a feline. <laughs> yeah, you have a real feline. I wonder if people mess with them and send like cheap squabs, cheek swabs of, of their dogs or <laughs> themselves. Just to see. And, Oh, yeah, it'd be kind of interesting to see <laughs> what the report would come back. <laughs> okay, so other than thinking your cat needs a friend, what are some other things do you do you do you think their cat 
is more dog-like? Well, feeding is a big one. You know, um, cats and dogs are very, very different in what they need nutritionally. Cats are obligate carnivores. Dogs are omnivores, which means, you know, they could live on out of the trash can, you know, they can live off fruits and vegetables and all kinds of things. And, and like us, dogs can also live off of two meals a day. I remember when we had dogs when I was growing up and we fed the dog in the morning, you know, 8.30 in the morning and about 7.30 at night. That dog got two meals a day. And a lot of people feed their cats two meals a day because that's just the way it's done when you have a dog. But you don't really know that it's natural for cats to eat 10 to 20 small meals a day in the wild. <laughs> but you don't recommend people feed their cats that frequently, right? It seems like you feed those foster kittens 10 times a day. Yeah, yeah, it does. I know I'm like always feeding those foster kittens little hungry monsters, but no kidding. But, you know, their bodies are still developing and they need a lot of extra protein. And, you know, the more they eat, the bigger they get. And the bigger they get, the faster they can be spayed and neutered and onto their forever homes. And I know you're going to be excited about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for that. <laughs> Feed them more, feed them more. Keep pushing, keep pushing them. <laughs> grow, kitties, grow. <laughs> so are you saying cats can't survive if people only feed them twice a day? And isn't that why people feed, free feed dry food, right? Well, they can survive, of course. It's just not natural to their species. So I always recommend not feeding 10 meals a day. No, that's not, that's not practical. In fact, I had a cat consult yesterday and the woman said, I'm just going to have to turn in my resignation and become a full-time cat mom with all these suggestions you have. And, Boy, and I've thought that many times with all that. <laughs> I mean, it takes, it takes a full crew to take care of a cat. Yeah, it can, but you just work it into your routine and, and you'd be surprised at how, how easy it is. So I recommend feeding four, four to five meals a day and the same amount that you're feeding them. I'm not saying feed your cat more than you are now. Just like if you're feeding a can a day, then you spread it out over the four meals, right? And and you do like a quarter of a can each feeding. And, and there's a lots of other plus sides to that. It gives you extra opportunities to bond with your cat. You know, mealtime is a very important time that the cat recognizes, oh my gosh, thank you. You're providing, you know, my sustenance and my survival. So, you know, mealtime is an excellent time to bond. And it also cuts down on, on digestion issues. And it cuts down on food resource guarding. If, you know, if you, if you leave food out all the time, there's a lot of times in a multi-cat household, they will resource guard just by laying down casually in the middle of the floor on the way to the kitchen where the food bowls are. And then it 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 is a kind of a silent bullying uh, gesture so that the other cats can't get to the food bowls and they don't get as much to eat, you know? So it, it also, if you if you feed more meals rather than just two, then it also cuts down on cats feeling insecure. All right. It, cats will oftentimes just gorge their food when you feed them because they're not going to get fed again for another 12 hours. 
powers and they're, they know that that's not natural. So they begin to feel kind of insecure in that in between. Well, I don't know if the meal's really coming. What if she doesn't come home from work today? So <laughs> feeding four meals and there are food timers. You know, I, my consult the other day said, well, that's just impossible. I have to go into the office and I, you know, I can't do that. So there are food timers that can manage that process for you and definitely no free feeding dry food you know that is really counter to the species and that can actually cause stress in a cat because naturally their their inkling is that they have to actually work for a meal whether it's mental problem solving or whether it's physically working to you know chase and pounce and catch and struggle and kill their meal they are, they're wired to work for their meals. So, and there's just so many ways that cat and dog digestion differs. You know, cats can't process plant matter because they have a very tiny little organ called a cecum. And that they also produce. Not a cecum? Not a cecum. Cecum. That's a dog has a cecum. A cat has oh, a Oh, we're talking about cats again. Huh? <laughs> Getting confused. Yeah, and so that cecum actually is is per, uh, releases enzymes that help to process plant matter, and those enzymes it's called an amylase enzyme, and cats just have such a very very small amount of that, so they can't really digest plant matter. It just kind of goes in one end and out the other, like corn, like us it seems to go in one end and out the other. But dogs, <laughs> dogs on the other hand, they can they can process plant matter and actually use the nutrients in it. And the only way that cats actually need, you know, plant matter is if it's been pre-digested by prey. So like if they eat a a mouse or a squirrel or a rabbit or something like that, the stomach contents of that is all plant matter, but that animal has a lot of amylase enzyme and they have basically broken down that plant matter. So the cat actually gets some nutrient value of it, but you know, otherwise that's, that's another way they differ. There's so many ways they differ, but. <laughs> so what about training? You clicker train cats and people are always amazed at seeing the cat sit on cue i mean that's kind of similar right dogs train yeah. cats train i mean yeah yeah it, it is real similar it's it's very similar but they're motivated differently so remember the evolution thing right cats have evolved from a solitary existence right they don't they don't pack together in the wild it's not their nature there's one cat to a big area and they even kick the kittens out right but dogs have a social hierarchy and when they live in your home they see the people as the pack leader and a dog's motivation is to please the pack leader which means you but because a cat doesn't have any of that social hierarchy sense or people having status places in the home, it's not motivated by that. It's motivated by self-interests, right? Which means food, clearly, which is why I use the Vitacraft Lick and Lap when we're training in a shelter setting because that just, like, every cat loves that. And, uh, and you got to have, like, a really super high-value treat. So training is an absolute excellent thing to do with your cat because 
there's other, you know, there's another real important difference between dogs and cats. Cats will spend up to six hours a day hunting and they have a lot of pent up energy indoors because they, you know, they, they're not actually out there being able to go through those physical movements and mental challenges of capturing prey. So you don't need to walk a cat, but you do need to find ways for them to burn off that energy. And clicker training is really, really good for that. In fact, clicker training is hits that mental stimulation thing really good because cats have to kind of figure out what was it that I did that got me that treat? I want to do that again. And uh, <laughs> so they kind of have to, and and then they'll say, okay, I know last time I high-fived her, I got a treat and I'm kind of hungry. I'm just going to walk up out of the blue and high-five her. Maybe she'll give me a treat. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. You just said you didn't, uh, you you don't need to walk cats, but I thought you always encourage people to do that. Walk your cat. Oh, I, I do, but not for exercise, right? Oh. You, you walk a dog so it can get exercise. You don't walk a cat for exercise. You walk it for enrichment, and and it does present opportunities to burn off some of that energy if you're out walking, and a leaf blows by, and they dart, and they chase it and pounce on it, you know, but it isn't about... You know, dogs have to stay physically fit. They need to go on walks, not to mention they've got to pee and poop. So it's a good idea to take them on walks. (laughs) But but they need a lot of exercise. Cats don't need a lot of exercise, but they do need a lot of mental stimulation. Okay, so I think what you're saying in this episode is what you feed your cat and how frequently needs to be very different from your dog and remember that cats are not naturally cat social is that what you're saying yes and and remember your cat is motivated differently from your dog and that the cat responds much better to positive reinforcement and food than it does like a dog you know you you can tell a dog no and it'll go oh my gosh she got upset well i don't want to do that again i don't want her to be upset Whereas the cat's going to go, what the heck are you all being loud and unpredictable about? I just did what I naturally do. You know, they won't get it. They don't understand that, um, you know, scolding and punishment like that because they're not really motivated to make you happy. They're motivated for their next meal. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, this is fascinating. You know, when I first looked at this, I didn't think, I guess, you could go into so much detail. I mean, other than the obvious, your cat is not a dog. Um, You know, there's a lot, probably a lot of things. But, you know, I think one of the things I've seen you do a lot of is you've really began to train cats more like dogs, where they are doing tricks and you're taking them for a walk and you're kind of bonding a little bit differently because I don't think people really have thought about that. They bond with their dogs much more than their cats because cats seem aloof and docile and far away and you've brought it around. So this is fantastic. So I'd like to say if any of you out there listening have a topic of suggestion, just email them to molly at cat 
cattalkradio.com. And that's two T's, cattalkradio.com. Yeah, and remember to go to go to Base Pause and check out those DNA kits too. And remember to put Cat Talk Radio with two T's, Cat Talk Radio, <laughs> into the uh, uh, promo code and get $25 off of your DNA kit. And I also want to invite all the listeners to help support the work we do. You know, we provide this podcast and a lot of other resources for free for everyone. And I work behavior cases for free for low income cat parents. In fact, Vitacraft is sponsoring one low-income cat consult a month. So if you are listening and you need help for your cat and you can't afford to hire a behavior specialist to help you, then email me. Maybe we can get you some resources. And, you know, we do just about anything to keep cats out of shelters. So if you also care about keeping cats out of the shelters and you get something out of our podcasts, then consider sending us a little tip and not like a tip on how to care for your cat. But if you have a question, do send that. But a tip is in like a little gratuity donation. And we've tried to make it easy for you. You can just go to the store, the Behavior Boutique at catbehaviorsolutions.org and you scroll down past the products to the bottom and there's a bunch of donation amounts that you can just Add to your card and check out with your credit card. It's super simple. Oh, wait a minute. And you could go ahead and pick up some of those treats for positive reinforcement while you're in the mm-hmm. store. Good choice. We yeah, started yeah. carrying that really cool treat stuff that Molly uses all the time in the shelters and she gives it away in different places on behalf of Vitacraft. So try some of those treats, go in the store, pick some up. And they are really the best product you could ever imagine. And I've seen it in action, and I've seen it working. And uh, we have lots of examples of it being a very um, proven product. So all those proceeds from the store support the nonprofit work we do. So be sure to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram also. This is all volunteer-based podcasts to help you better care for your cat and increase the bond between you and your cat. Get closer. (laughs) Yay. And we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter Shelter euthanasia euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. cats. It was like an echo. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yes, indeed. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission. 
reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.